truth is knowable, and by extension, therefore, right is knowable, then the next question is whether we have the discipline and the will to do what is right. Chuck Colson, one of our hosts, was a key figure in the great Watergate scandal. He was special counsel to President Nixon. He went to prison. He faced this question with some dramatic consequences. I remember when the president, uh, four or five of us in the office, and the president was exploding over something that had gotten out and was in the hands of the Brookings Institution, and he turned to uh, Bob Holt and he said, Bob, have we got a team in place that can go in and get those documents back? Then I later realized that was the time when I should have stopped and said, wait a minute, Mr. President, think about the consequences of this. But I did not. I ended up going to prison. Why? Uh, I think you can be so self-righteous that you don't see what's really going on. You become oblivious to your own insensitivities because you're sure nobody can compromise you. Human beings have the infinite capacity of self-rationalization, and that's exactly what I did. So I see a, a fascinating tension because everyone in this room, they're, they're the nation's best and brightest, all out saying you could do it in high self-esteem and good, good grades. And yet there's a common theme throughout these panelists that sooner or later we drop the ball. We do that which we know we ought not to do. That once you begin to break the code, you'll feel badly about it the first time, a little less badly about it the second time little less badly about it the third time and that's the experience of human corruption my first response to this idea of um, removing restraints is how's that working for you uh, because the fact of the matter is observationally it's resulting in more pain more brokenness more harm to the individuals involved to the society in general than pretty much anything else that I can think of that's happened in society in my lifetime. It is unutterably destructive. It raises an intriguing question. What about the transformation of the stubborn human will? How do you, you know what's good and then how do you do it? When you have a common foundation and everyone operates with a worldview that is similar in the sense that there is right and there is wrong. It's amazing what you can accomplish as an organization. My name is Sterling Knox. I'm serving 120 months for second degree unintentional murder. My name is Chow Lee. I'm uh, serving 204 months for second degree intentional murder. Uh, my name is Steve Janicek. I'm serving 100 months for a uh, cruel, cowardly, senseless act of assault. My name is Bill. I'm uh, serving 88 months for secondary possession of methamphetamines. I care now. I do care now. And what prompted that change? A, a newfound value on life. Knowing that there's a God there that has forgiven me and that shows me love every day. Uh, knowing what it is to, uh, to love one another. Uh, no longer following a corrupt belief system that is nothing but causing pain and, and harm to other people. I have a, a renewed faith in Christ and it's, it helps me to refocus on what's important and I've spent enough time taken away from other people. God gave me a lot of gifts and it's time for me to start giving them to put them for better use other than to manipulate people to, for self-seeking issues. It's always accomplished in community and it's always accomplished in part as well by teaching them to control how they think. 
when faith and reason are operating well together, when reason is in control of the passions, then the passionate aspect of man can lead us to do great things, to do really great things, heroic things, because we're passionate for them. My name is Donovan Campbell, and um, I grew up here in Dallas. I'm a member of this church, and the first thing I wanted to say was thank you all for giving up a Saturday morning to come here and to uh, learn and contribute and hopefully grow as a result. I know I've been taking furious notes, so I hope to walk out of here a better man than I walked in. The second thing I want to say is... um, you know, we're studying absolute truth, and um, there was an absolute truth that was mentioned at the very beginning, and I thought it was worth highlighting, and that is that every important Christian lives in Dallas. So, that was, you know, just wanted to premise our discussion on that. So, um, my, my biography is a little bit interesting for someone from uh, uh, Dallas. I went to Princeton as an undergrad. I joined the U.S. Marines uh, immediately upon graduation. I was an infantry officer. I served uh, two tours, went to Harvard Business School, um, was involuntarily recalled, served a third tour at the Special Forces in Afghanistan. And um, I think it's important to point out that... Uh, You know, character training begins at home. My mom and dad are here. They have raised five sons. Um, I served in the Corps. My second brother is a doctor. My third brother served a year as a missionary in Kazakhstan. My fourth brother served a year as a missionary in China. And my fifth brother uh, is at Princeton and is deciding where he is going to do his mission to work. So just wanted to pay tribute to him. Um, The interesting thing about uh, Princeton and Harvard is, you know, there is no moral compass. uh, Princeton, when I graduated, uh, the the supreme value there was diversity, and the second supreme value was was tolerance, which are not really values at all. Um, And when I graduated from Harvard, there's, you know, they realized after Enron and Tyco and some of the other world some of the other corporate scandals, that they had to focus to some extent on ethics, and so we had this leadership and ethics course. At the end of the day, the only thing that they could offer to us as how do you know whether what you are going to do is right or wrong was what they called the Wall Street Journal test, i.e., if you see your face on the front of the Wall Street Journal and the headlines over it are what you're about to do, do you think this is going to be good or bad? And that was it. That was, that was the test for right and wrong. But the Marines, however, are a bit different and um, I think that they built well upon the character that my, um, my mom and dad instilled because they, they have a premise. Their premise is that they have an absolute system that works absolutely and that it is right in every context. There are certain things that are non-negotiable, and when you deviate from these non-negotiable things, people die. So there's no tolerance for deviation. Um, and they start in boot camp or an officer candidate school. The purpose of that is to break you down and to teach you that your individualism, your way, the things that you like to do and that you prefer are irrelevant from here on out. Because you are about to be entrusted with the responsibility of saving and taking human lives. And because that is such a great responsibility, you will learn the only right way to do it, which is the way that the Marine Corps has learned over a 200-year history. And there is accountability. If you disagree with that or if you quit, they'll put you in prison. 
You do not get to opt out. It's just that simple. So that's, that's the foundation that they give you when you start. And they, they humble you and they teach you that there is right and, we will, and, and, and it is our way and not yours. And you will submit. Then you go into your more advanced training. And as an officer, they, they, they sort of build on this foundation and they tell you, listen, before you lead, before we give you the lives of other young men, you will pursue virtue. You will pursue character. You will be brave. You will be just. You will be disciplined. You will have integrity. And you will sacrifice. That is a huge um, theme that they tell you. You will give your life to accomplish the mission because your life in the Marines is no longer about you. It's about achieving the mission and it's about bringing your men home alive. And if you can't do either of those two things, you had better know that you would have died trying to achieve them. And when you fail, they tell you, the price is extremely high because the currency that you trade in are human lives. So, you, young Marine, young officer, you will have character before you have anything else. And we will tell you the traits that you will pursue. So then you go to combat. And uh, as I said, I served three tours. And I can tell you, it is the ultimate test. And it, it is a context in which you realize that what the Corps teaches you actually works. Because you watch 17 and 18 and 19-year-old kids do amazing things because they have been told what virtue is, they have been given a mission, and they have been told that they will succeed or they will die trying because their individual lives are not as important as the mission as the man to the right and to the left. So you see guys run out into fire waving their arms saying, shoot at me so that their wounded comrade can be rescued. You see guys running out into fire to rescue wounded civilians who are not even part of their unit. You see guys holding their fire when all that they want to do is shoot because they are so mad because they just watched a group of children and their own buddy blow up in front of their eyes. And they do that, and they do it routinely. And they're 17 and 18 and 19, and most of their peers are not expected to make a college class at 8 a.m. So... Your training comes to the forefront. And when you're sitting there and you're looking at horror in front of you and and everything that you want to do is fight back and be angry and be vengeful, the training comes back and you hear in in your mind, what you want is irrelevant. Giving in to your emotions is unacceptable. You are a marine. You will be disciplined. You will be virtuous. You will not dishonor the good name that better men than you have died to uphold. And then you come back, and there's civilian life. And it's a bit of a different world. But it's exciting to me, because not only am I a Marine, but also I am a Christian. And if my mission in the Marine Corps was to save lives in this world, my mission as a Christian is to save lives in the next, which is what really matters. So what's exciting to me when it comes to character and virtue is is I can moan about the fact that America is number 11. I can moan about the fact that there are things that we don't like about this culture, that there are things that uh, we've abandoned morality by and large in our society. I can worry about that. I can have great fears to where our country's going to go. Or I can make a difference. 
I can go out and try and live in such a way that people see the nobility and power of my belief system. I can sacrifice my life and my comfort and my happiness to make disciples of Christ. I can learn to do the same thing that I learned in the core, which is that my job is not to pursue happiness or to be happy. My job is to learn what Christ commands and then do that one day at a time, no matter what the sacrifice and no matter what the consequence. So I think for all of us in this room, this is, this is a phenomenal and exciting conference because we can walk out of this and do our jobs and accomplish our mission, which is not to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit, or it's not to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. It is to pursue, it is to pursue Christ. Submit to Him. Lose our lives for Him and find our freedom and our life in so doing. And show everyone who watches us that whether they believe in good or bad, we do and our lives are better as a result and our country is better because they have people like us in it. That's my challenge and that's my challenge to you. Thanks.